Welcome to the Fueled and Fit Podcast, where fitness and nutrition meet motherhood. My name is Janae Wise, otherwise known as the Fit Mom Coach. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, yoga teacher, mom of eight, and military wife. This is a podcast for busy moms like you and is all about helping you maximize your fitness and optimize your nutrition. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad you're here and hope our time together will be beneficial to you. Before we get started, I want to invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Fit Mom Coach. I post regularly on my stories and love interacting with followers through my stories or DMs. I would love to see you there. I also have a YouTube channel that you might be interested in, which is just my name, Janae Wise, where I share free short format yoga flows and other workouts. I would also love to see you there. Now, on to the show. Today's show is why you should care about self-care. I'd like to start off the show today by sharing a few quotes to set the tone for today's episode. The quotes are anonymous unless stated. The first, you are not alive just to pay bills and lose weight. Next quote, you are worth the quiet moment. You are worth the deeper breaths and you are worth the time it takes to slow down, be still and rest. That's from Morgan Harper Nichols. That one definitely speaks to my yoga heart. The next quote, self-care is giving the world the best of you instead of what's left of you. The next one, you are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. The next one, you can't pour from an empty cup. Take care of yourself first. The next one, work on you for you. And the last quote I'm going to share is from L.R. Nost. Taking care of myself doesn't mean me first. It means me too. So I just want you to notice kind of what emotions and feelings came up as I shared those quotes. Perhaps there was some mom guilt. Perhaps there was some um, kind of like, um, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if that's right. And that's fine. I want you to challenge the thoughts that come up and ponder and reflect and, and ask yourself, why am I reacting this way when I hear about self-care? Why is it maybe a touchy subject for me? Why is it hard for me to listen to um, just think about and sort of challenge your your thought process a little bit. So in this episode, we are going to dive into the hot topic of self-care. And before we dive into it, I just want to say that self-care is a hard topic because obviously we don't want to go so far into self-care that all we are doing and thinking about is ourself. That's entirely selfish. 
And obviously that is not where we are going. That is not where you are going to go. When we talk about self-care in this episode, I am talking about self-renewal. I am talking about taking care of yourself so that you can have the mental wellness, the physical wellness, and the wholeness that you need to find joy and also to serve others in a in a more holistic, present way. So self-care is a buzzword these days. And again, I'd like to clarify what I am talking about when I say self-care. I'm not talking about bubble baths, pedicures, and massages, although all of those things can be some really nice ways to treat yourself. But when I talk about self-care, I'm talking about ways in which you take care of your mind, body, and spirit. So let me give you some examples of the kind of self-care that I am talking about. Taking a nap when you feel tired and drained. Sometimes this means relying on your spouse or kids to help make that happen. Making time every day for meditation and prayer. Making formal exercise such as group fitness classes, walking, yoga, weightlifting, biking, hiking, and or running a priority. Taking time to shower, brush teeth, and put some time and effort into hygiene and grooming. Now, some people would say that's not self-care, that's just basic hygiene. And I agree that is basic hygiene, but that is an essential part of taking care of yourself. So I'm just throwing that in there. And maybe even putting a little makeup on if that's your thing. Not everybody's into makeup. I personally love some makeup. Um, Your favorite pair of earrings, doing your nails, or anything else that helps you feel put together and like you're putting your best foot forward. So that is going to vary from woman to woman. And that's totally fine. You're unique. You have your own special ways of feeling put together. So putting some effort into to those things. Eating foods that nourish and energize you. This is an important one. This is one that I feel passionately about. And this is what my podcast is about. It's more than nutrition, obviously, but um, I will be spending a good chunk of time on this podcast, not on this particular episode, but in future episodes, talking about nutrition from a certified nutrition coach point of view, as well as my, you know, anecdotal experiences as a mom of eight and um, living in the world of, of diet and nutrition and fitness. So the next one example of self-care is surrounding yourself with people that uplift and encourage you and staying away from people who do the opposite. Now, If there are family members who you just can't get away from, but you would like to, obviously you have to learn to love them and live with them. But friends and people that you choose to spend time with, make sure that you are choosing to spend time with people that uplift you and encourage you. The last two examples of self-care Um, are feeding your mind and soul with good books, music, and media that help you feel inspired and motivated to do and be better. I'm not talking just self-help books. Um, I'm talking great literature, awesome music, 
and media, so TV shows, movies, really media is sort of limitless these days. Getting proper sleep. Now this last one is a tough one, especially if you have small children who are not sleeping well. And I'm just going to go ahead and end on that one since I should say, though this list is where we want to be in terms of self-care, it doesn't mean that we are there. And I don't know if you're ever going to be like nailing it every day in the self-care arena, but it's a place that we can look to and say, okay, these are kind of my ideals of things that I want to do on a regular basis. So especially if you are in a season of life where you have a new baby, you have littles to take care of, again, who maybe may or may not be sleeping through the night. If you're in the middle of a huge life transition, such as a move, a divorce, or a new job, some of these things are going to be very difficult to, to do at this moment in time. However, no matter your circumstance, you can pick a couple of things to focus on, kind of your essentials. And so no matter your season, I want to encourage you to look for ways that you can improve your self-care. It may take some creativity and you'll likely need to sit down with your spouse or partner and be honest about the support that you'll need to help um, to help you accomplish these things. And I'm the first to admit there are areas of self-care that I really excel at exercise and diet being one, and then others that I really just struggle with still uh, getting proper sleep. As moms, as women, we are easily beset with guilt, with feelings of inadequacy, with emotions tied to I'm not good enough, mom guilt. I know this because I'm a woman. I'm a mom. And I'm not exempt from this. It's a struggle to feel like my efforts are worthwhile sometimes, that I'm not good enough. And I know that you also have these feelings. And in this discussion of self-care, I want to reiterate this idea of giving yourself grace. Talking about what we, quote, should be doing, i.e., in other words, like revving up the mom guilt, is not really where I want to go with this conversation, but rather I want to open up and introduce a new way to think about self-care, which is this. Instead of seeing it as another to-do list to make us feel guilty because we couldn't possibly do it all, I want us to see it as a list of possibilities. An exciting list of opportunities that, if taken, will actually serve us and be life and energy giving. Of things and ways we can invest in ourselves so that we are able to love better, give more, and be happier, more balanced moms. So, an investment is anything that pays dividends down the road, and any act of self care will ultimately help you be more productive, energized, or perhaps relaxed, depending on the act of self-care. These are things that will help extend our lives and enhance the quality of our lives in the here and now. Who doesn't want that?
It's just Janae here, and I want to take a moment and thank you for listening to my brand new podcast. It means the world to me. You know, starting a podcast is kind of a scary venture. As a listener, you have literally thousands and thousands of podcasts to listen to, and here you are. Thank you. My goal with this podcast is to reach the ears and hearts of as many mamas out there as possible. Only way to do this is with your help. Anytime you share an episode on the socials, refer it to a friend, or even by subscribing and listening every week, you are supporting this podcast. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, truly. If you want to go a step further in supporting the show to kick this podcast off with a bang, I actually have an amazing free bonus just for you, which is I'm giving away my Fueled and Fit Insider's Guide, not yet launched, worth $20, totally for free for everyone who leaves a five-star review of the Fueled and Fit podcast on iTunes right now. In this 30-page guide, I share with you my very best tips as a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, and veteran mom of eight. You'll find all the fundamental points of knowledge needed to set yourself up for success with a healthy lifestyle. This guide is chock full of all the things I'd wish I'd known sooner in my fitness and wellness journey and all the things I want my clients to know. So consider this your insider's guide to success. All the tips and tricks I would tell you if you are one of my one-on-one coaching or personal training clients. It's like you're studying for a test on how to become a rock star fueled and fit mama and I slip you the answer sheet, but you don't have to feel guilty about it because you're not actually cheating. And today it's yours totally for free. All you have to do is step one, open up iTunes, click on this podcast, Fueled and Fit, click write review, then click those five little stars and share what you love most about the show. Step two, head to JanaeWise.com slash bonus and pop in your contact details and iTunes account name so I can know the review is from you and I can send you the bonus to your inbox stat. It's that simple. Step one, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Step two, head to JanaeWise.com slash bonus and send me your details. And that's it. And as an extra little thank you, I'll be choosing my favorite review of the week and sending that reviewer an exclusive fueled and fit mug so you can sip along in style while you listen to your favorite show. So what are you waiting for? Hit pause, go leave that review and head over to JanaeWise.com bonus. Hop in your details and claim this amazing 30 page instant downloadable guide for yourself. Back to the show. Practical benefits of self-care include reducing the risk of injury, for example. When you take the time to have a regular yoga practice and do weight training, your back and entire core will be strong and less prone to injury. It will translate to greater productivity because you'll be able to lift and move things with greater ease and speed. So on an exercise science note, I want to take a moment to explain that strength training has some real practical benefits beyond just being able to lift more. Although, you know, that's a nice thing, but from childhood to adolescence to adulthood, your muscular system continues to grow and develop. But by the time you reach 20 to 30 years of age, you have reached peak mass, power, and strength. And then at that point, only small changes occur to your muscle mass, power, and strength from age 30 to 50. That's, you know, 
not accounting for some weight training, but just, just normal, natural muscle strength. It stays pretty stagnant from 30 to 50. But after age 50, and for some individuals, this actually happens even earlier, like in your 40s, you begin to lose an average of 1% to 2% of your muscle mass, and your strength is reduced by 1.5 to 5, up to 5% per year. This age-related loss is called sarcopenia, and middle-aged women experience this more acutely than men which is why I'm a fervent proponent of strength training, especially for women 40 and up. So likewise, if you incorporate some form of cardio training, you'll be able to run after your toddler or go for a long hike with your family without getting winded or tired. Huge win, right? And like your muscular system, your cardiorespiratory system, which represents your heart, blood vessels, blood, airways, and lungs weakens as a natural part of the aging process. I know, sad, right? As we get older, our if we don't do anything to actively challenge our body, our body sort of like disintegrates, which is why exercise is so important. So You can combat this decline by engaging in regular sustained physical activity, including aerobic activity where you get your heart rate up and by definition are using oxygen. So in order for an exercise to be considered aerobic, you do need to be utilizing oxygen and an exercise should be one, rhythmic, two, use large muscle groups, and three, be continuous in nature. You already know what aerobic exercise is, but just to lay it out there, some examples of aerobic exercise include jogging, walking, exercising on cardio equipment like an elliptical machine or stair stepper, swimming, and cycling. Research has confirmed that an individual's cardiorespiratory fitness level is a strong predictor of morbidity or the state of having a disease and mortality or the state or risk of death. In other words, there is a strong correlation between early death and disease with lack of movement, while the opposite, lower death and disease, is found in individuals who have high levels of cardiorespiratory fitness and engage in regular physical activity. Sounds obvious, sounds like it should be common knowledge, but we need to hear this over and over and over again. And I think it's a really important piece of knowledge to hold on to, to help motivate and get you excited about exercise. So physical activity, including cardio and strength training will help you perform better in your ADLs, your activities of daily living, as well as translate to lower death and disease rates. Pretty awesome, right? Stephen Covey, author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, taught, we need to regularly spend time, quote, sharpening the saw. This is the seventh out of his well-known and loved seven habits. Reading from the Franklin Covey website, it says, sharpen the saw means preserving and enhancing the greatest asset you have, you. It means having a balanced program for self-renewal in the four areas of your life, physical, social, emotional, mental, and spiritual. So social and emotional are 
are one. So that is four areas, physical, social slash emotional, mental, and spiritual. As you renew yourself in each of these four areas, you create growth and change in your life. Sharpening the saw keeps you fresh so you can continue to practice the other six habits. You increase your capacity to produce and handle the challenges around you. Without this renewal, the body becomes weak, the mind mechanical, the emotions raw, the spirit insensitive, and the person selfish. So that's the end of the quote from the website. So when we neglect to sharpen the saw, we feel figuratively dull and off for sure. I know that I have found that in my life. Hey there, just Janae here, and I wanted to take a moment and let you know about my new Fueled and Fit Accelerate program. I currently offer one-on-one coaching services, but on December 8th, I will open the doors to enrollment to a new eight-week group coaching package that will begin after the first of the year, so for 2023. My Accelerate program is perfect if you're looking for greater accountability, support, community, and guidance in your fitness and wellness journey. This is an eight-week training program for fat loss, increasing muscular endurance, strength, and overall fitness. Space is limited and will include a gym-only training as well as at-home-only training options. This program includes both nutritional coaching and a well-rounded training program, weekly live group Q&As, and a private Facebook group to get you in the best shape of your life. The program will begin on January 9th, 2023, and with registration opening December 8th. But as a bonus to my podcast listeners, that's you. I will be offering a pre-launch discount of $150 off the $279 base price. This is an incredible discount and will only be available for five days beginning December 1st before registration opens to the public. If you want to take advantage of these amazing savings as well as get additional information on the program, check out my link in the show notes and I will send you the details and a discount code. Again, my Fueled and Fit eight-week Accelerate group coaching program will be kicking off January 9th 2023 with registration opening December 8th, but podcast listeners will have the option to register before the launch starting December 1st and cash in on an extra $150 in savings if you check out the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show. We left off with Stephen R. Covey's concept of sharpening the saw, or in other words, making self-renewal or self-care a regular thing we do. At this point, I want to ask, what are your uh, biggest obstacles to making self-care a priority? I think for most women, at least speaking from personal experience, we just struggle with saying no When we feel like we can't say no to different things, that means we can't say yes to other things like self-care. So how often has it been that you sign up to volunteer or do something for someone else, which is amazing. It's awesome. I am a 
big believer in service. And I think that we find the greatest happiness when we are in the service of others. However, it should never come at the expense of our health. And that goes for our mental and physical health. So if our sleep is suffering, if we're not finding that we have any time to eat properly, to do those things that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, then we really need to take a step back and figure out how we can make a bit more time to take care of ourselves. This is the whole point of of this episode. There are only so many hours in the day, right? And if we haven't ever sat down and taken a proper look at all of our obligations and ways we spend our time, it's easy to just let things like exercise, sleep, fueling properly sort of go by the wayside because it's easy to just be like, I just don't have time for those things. And um, living in a state of just kind of running from one thing to the next without ever stopping to ponder, to schedule, to prioritize, to think about, you know, what matters most. I think we're just kind of going to be in a state of crisis mode, which who wants to be there? I know I don't want to be there. So a helpful exercise would be for you to take a moment. You can pause this and do it right now. And write down those non-negotiables that you have to do every day. Those are your rocks. They must get done every day. These are things like basic basic hygiene for yourself. And again, I realize some people would argue that is basic hygiene is not self-care. I understand what people are saying when they say that. But for the sake of the discussion here and trying to make sure that we're taking care of all the parts of you, I'm going to say... Things like shower, brush, teeth brushing, you know, putting on a little makeup if that's important to you. All of those things, that's you need to be doing that and making that a priority. Um, and of course, for your littles, you need to brush their teeth if they're not old enough to do so on their own. Changing diapers, making sure they get their showers and baths, etc. Um, other rocks are things like getting a baseline amount of sleep preparing food, then eating that food, taking the kids to school, feeding pets, etc. Then write down those things that you really should do every day or regularly, but don't necessarily have to do every day. If you're in a pinch, things like dishes, laundry, tidying up, grocery shopping, responding to emails, text messages, you can skip or delay these things for a day or two, but they will build up and need to eventually be taken care of. So those are kind of like you, your, your second priority need to do. Those are your littler rocks. And then take a moment to write down everything else. The sports practices for kids, music lessons, any of the obligations that you signed up for for yourself or for your kids, dance class, clubs, volunteer and church commitments. And then don't forget time spent in the car. That also be, needs to be accounted for. Chauffeuring kids to and from activities or maybe getting to and from work, that commute time, that also needs to be accounted for. After that, write down the amount of time you would like to, need to spend 
with your spouse or partner. This is a crucial part of finding balance and wholeness and should be a priority in your daily to-dos if you are a married person. After looking at your list, (laughs) are you not a bit overwhelmed? I'm a little bit overwhelmed just talking about it. You have a lot on your plate and it's no wonder it's a challenge to squeeze it all in. And the good news is, here's the good news. You don't have to squeeze it all in. Many of the things that you quote have to do are not actually have tos, but are negotiable or they can be minimized or multitasked. So are some of the items on your list, can they be, can they be paired up? You can combine certain obligations to save time. For example, you can wash dishes with your hubby. So you're taking care of the dishes and you're spending time with your spouse. You can exercise with a friend or kids. So you're accomplishing a couple of things there. You can respond to emails and messages while waiting in line at the school pickup. These are probably things, to be honest, that you're probably already doing. And obviously, there are limits to multitasking, and sometimes things have just got to go. This is a hard thing. I know it is. But as we let things go, we invite other things into our life, namely greater clarity and peace of mind. I know this from personal experience. Being a mom requires constant decision-making where you are evaluating one, what must be done, two, what should be done, three, what you'd like to get done, and then determining what order those things are going to come in and then what you're going to cut out. A lot of things are just non-negotiables. You know, you got to feed your kids and contrary to what you may think, you also got to feed yourself. So where does that leave you? Let me introduce this concept of mothering minimalism, which I'm sure I'll talk at greater length in a future episode. You may have heard about Marie Kondo, a Japanese professional organizer who has streamlined and mass marketed minimalism to the masses. She has brought a lot of great things to the table, including this idea of only keeping things in your home that spark joy. However, while this is a is handy for material objects. It isn't really applicable to motherhood or family relationships or even our day-to-day tasks. You can't really get rid of that tantrum-throwing snotty two-year-old, and you definitely shouldn't get rid of the griping teenager who is asking you for money for the upteenth time, even though you want to. In the same vein, there are tasks and to-dos that certainly don't spark joy, but are just part of life. However, there are plenty of add-ons in our lives that we actively choose that can be discarded or set aside. So maybe making salsa from scratch or your own ketchup from scratch is not a priority in your life right now. Or maybe you think that it is, but maybe you can just kind of set that aside and perhaps buy ketchup or salsa from the grocery store. That's just one example. Though I still have young kids, my four youngest are ages one, two, five, and eight years old. I have a lot of years of mothering under my belt. My oldest is 17, and I'm a different mom than I was in my 20s. I have a list of things I don't do now that I used to do. I and my husband, we've chosen to cut certain things out of our lives, either out of complete necessity or by choice. 
And by eliminating these things, we are better positioned to serve our family and take care of our own needs. I want to make it clear that there is no cookie cutter approach to to take when deciding what things in your life you should keep and what you should let go of so that you have the time and energy to make sure that you are taking care of you. Honestly, for us, for my family, it changes from assignment to assignment. Since my husband is in the military, we move frequently. And so from season to season, from assignment to assignment, we're we're having to adjust. And that is a super important skill for just finding success in life, I have found. As I mentioned before, I am in a season of motherhood where I have a baby through near adult and everything in between. And in order to survive certain seasons, I have had to creatively assess my needs versus wants and then decide what can go by the wayside. For now in my current season, I don't do a lot of things and my kids don't do a lot of things either that that we see others do. So for example, we don't travel very often or take vacations away from home, even though we live in Japan and it's amazing. We just financially, it's not a goal of ours and it just doesn't fit with, with our current goals. And so that's one example. I don't personally watch movies or TV shows anymore, except for the occasional date night or sick day. I rarely stay up late and I often go to bed when my littles are in bed so I can wake up early and have my own quiet morning routine before my family gets up. There are personal as well as financial sacrifices that we make every day as a family and me and personally so that we can have the time and energy needed to focus on what matters most. I want to conclude here and end on a high note and just leave you with this thought. Life is short. I know it feels long, but really it's it's quite short and there are choices to be made every day. I hope that that ignites like some some passion, some feelings of excitement. Um, you get to decide, you get to choose, that's exciting. You are smart and capable and you have the ability if you give yourself the space and time to decide what is truly serving you. I hope that as you ponder and meditate on the things that you can change in your schedule so you can free up more time to take care of you to sharpen the, to sharpen the saw, you will realize that you're giving yourself the greatest gift, the gift of self-renewal. In taking care of yourself, you'll be better poised to help serve and take care of others and find a lot of joy in the process because really that's, that's why we're here. So that's it. Thanks so much for listening. If you are a fan of the show, please follow an Apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you can make sure to never miss an episode. Until our next podcast episode, remember you are worth it, mama.